Hallelujah. Amen. At this time, amen, the children can be dismissed to Sunday school. Amen. From ages 2 to 11 years of age. Amen. And we're looking forward to hearing some exciting things of what God is going to do for the children this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God can use the children. Amen. I believe that God can use a young life. Amen. To impact the world. Amen. To impact. Amen. Many, many people. Amen. I believe that God can use anyone that will make themselves available and say, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to touch my life. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Amen. I'd like to direct your attention on this Sunday morning, amen, to the book of Genesis. Amen. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful, amen, for everyone that made it a point to come out to the house of the Lord on Sunday morning. Amen. And uh, we commend you for your faithfulness and your commitment to the things of God. Amen. Nothing, nothing like, amen, the life lived for Jesus Christ. Why don't we stand, amen, in reverence to the word of the Lord. We'll just read a few verses and, and we can have you be seated. Amen. As many preachers have done before. Amen. And Jess, they remind you, amen, you're seated the whole time and I'm up here standing, so I don't feel too bad. But I do want to be, amen, considerate, amen, of everyone that's here. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Amen. We're talking about the garden of Eden. Amen. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord grow to made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everyone say that with me. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah. Where there is gold. Everyone say gold. gold. Amen. Now you got my attention. And the gold of that land is good. I've never seen gold that wasn't good. Amen. I've never seen gold. I didn't want to probably lay my hands on and claim it. And the gold of that land is good, the Bible says. There is Delium and the Onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekil, that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Amen. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Amen. God said of every tree in the garden, you may freely partake of it as much as you want. No one's going to slap your hand and say, that's enough fruit for one day, son. They're going to say, hey, as much as you want, you go ahead and take, take a part of it. But there's one thing you can't do. You can't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. I want to preach for a few moments this Sunday morning on a tale of two trees. A tale of two trees. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this 
privilege that we have to come into this house, Lord, and to hear the gospel preached, Lord, with the freedom that we have in this country. Lord, we're thankful today, Lord, for the Word of God. We're thankful for the Spirit of God. We're thankful, Lord, for the touch of God in our lives. We don't want to live our lives without the Word of God, and we don't want to live our lives without the Spirit of God. And I pray today for a few moments you would speak to our hearts, Lord, and let it produce fruit in our lives. Lord, let it produce something of value, God. In Jesus' name, will not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. I'm going to keep reading a few more passages of Scripture in this book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. Amen. There's a lot of uh, Genesis is the seedbed of a lot of thought. Amen. For our society, a lot of things have come out of Genesis. And one of the things I'm going to bring about here today. Amen. Uh, perhaps you're not. You don't exactly know where I'm going, but if you'll stay with me for a few moments, amen, with the help of the Lord, amen, God will speak to us here today. Genesis chapter 3 continues talking a little bit more about that tree and about that encounter that Adam and Eve had in the garden. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, had God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, amen, the the first thing that the devil began to do was to doubt, amen, was to cause doubt in the mind of Eve if God really said what he did. Verse number two, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And verse 7 says, And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked. Amen. They began to see their sinfulness, their nakedness, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And skipping over to verse number 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy valley shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. God begins to issue the curse, and God begins to spell out the curse upon humanity for the sinfulness of partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, furthermore, the Lord begins to speak and he says, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Cursed is the ground for thy sake and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face, Adam, you're going to eat bread. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground till you die. 
It's going to cause you a lot of work, a lot of labor, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, Adam. The curse, amen, because you partook of the fruit. For out of it, out of the ground, thou wast taken, and for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now I want to tell you today, amen, it was on April the 2nd, in the year 15 and 13, a very, very long time ago, amen, that it's uh, Spanish, the Spanish explorer Ponce, Juan Ponce de Leon and his crew became the first recorded Europeans to set eyes on Florida. Amen. The sunny state. Amen. The sunshine state. Legend holds that they uh, made this discovery while searching for the fountain of youth. Amen. How many remember that from school? The fountain of youth. I'm thinking, wow, that's really cool. I hope they find it. You know, before you know the end of the story, you're thinking, I hope they found that. Man, that'd be really cool to think Ponce de Leon is still alive and I could talk to him about how it was in 1513. And legend holds that they made the discovery. They made this discovery while searching for the fountain of youth, a magical water source supposedly capable of of reversing the aging process and curing sickness. How many would love to find that today? Even the young people are not really excited about that because they're they're young, full of life. They're invincible still and nothing can harm them. But as you get a little older, you're thinking, I really hope they find that one day, Sister Monica, that fountain of youth. So we can go back and be young. We can go back and, and be full of life and not have to wake up with our ankles hurting in the morning, our back hurting and popping when we get out of bed. And we're hoping for all those different things as you get a little older. And it was rumored to be Ponce de Leon search for a fountain of youth, which was rumored to be a spring that supposedly would restore the youth of anyone who would drink of its waters or bathe there. Amen. Just so long as they're not doing both. Amen. I think we'll probably be okay. Uh, But tales of sacred restorative waters existed well before the birth of Spanish conquistador once Ponce de Leon around 1474. Amen. There's many tales that have existed even before that time that this particular gentleman came onto the scene. It's noted through history that Alexander the Great, for example, was said to have come across a healing river of paradise. A healing river of paradise in the 4th century B.C. And similar legends cropped up in such disparate locations as the Canary Islands, Japan, Polynesia, and England. During the Middle Ages, some Europeans even believed in the mythical king, Prester John, whose kingdom allegedly contained a fountain of youth and a river of gold. And we all love intriguing tales of someone who's in search of immortality. We think that that's so interesting and so neat. And so cool. And I think probably within the heart of every person, we, we kind of hope that there's some source of that nature that we can partake of and we can, we can indulge in and, and we can find healing waters for our body. We can find uh, that fountain of youth. Uh, I'm thinking back to when I was a youngster, uh, film producers, amen, begin to tell stories of how you could find a particular gold cup. And if you found the right cup, you could drink that cup and you could have everlasting life and you will live forever and as a kid you think man that's so cool I wish I could I wish there was really something like that and and, and there's all these different tales and mankind has forever sought to find something of that nature they've thought they, there's been something a void if you will in the heart of every person thinking that there's got to be something out there that's bigger than myself that there's got to be something out there that's more powerful than myself that if I could just tap into a fountain of youth or a river of life or a river of gold if I could find a 
be the same again. And there's been that, that urging, that longing people to find something of value, to find something, amen, that's got to be out there somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I'm going to find something. And perhaps it will satisfy that longing in my soul. Perhaps I can find something out there. Perhaps there's some, some buried treasure in a sunken ship out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That if I can find it, my life will have some sort of meaning and value. And there, my life will be changed. And there is something, amen, that we read about in the Word of God, in the book of Genesis. That, that same longing, that same urging was there in the heart of Adam and Eve. That they had all the different trees and plants and, and animals and everything at their disposal. And yet they still longed for something more. Yet they still wanted something more. Yet they were still searching. Perhaps I don't know exactly what it all, what all went into the hearts and the minds of Adam and Eve. But Eve was looking for some sort of a shortcut. Some sort of a shortcut. I don't have to. Uh, if I just find that fountain of youth, I can eat donuts every day. I can eat nachos and cheese and I can eat all the bad diet and I'll still live forever. What a great life. I'll eat home run pies and I'll have soda. Mountain Dew, the one with the highest amount of sugar and, I, and nothing will happen to me. I'll be fine. But if I could just find that fountain of youth, man, I have to check my cholesterol. I ain't got to check my blood pressure. It's all good. I found that secret, that shortcut. And a lot of times in humanity, we're looking for that shortcut. Is there a way I can kind of skirt around the things of God? Is there a way I can sort of skirt around, amen, what I know I need to do? What I know I need to do is, is Adam, you've got to have a walk with God. You've got to continue to talk with God. Eve, you've got to talk with God. There's no shortcuts around, amen, God. There's no shortcuts around that void in your life. You've got to face it head on, Eve. You've got to face it head on, and you've got to take it back to God. You've got to say, God, fill that void in my life, God. I don't want to be empty, God. I don't want to be searching. I don't want to try and find a shortcut for life. But God, I want the true source of life. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today about the tale of two trees. The tale of two trees. Amen. There is a particular passage of Scripture in the book of Acts. Amen. That begins to make a connection. Amen. If you will, to that second that second tree, the first tree that we're talking about today is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Adam and Eve thought it might be somewhat of a shortcut. They thought if I can find, if I can perhaps take partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, my life will be a whole lot different. Amen. It's a shortcut. Amen. I don't got to go to God. I don't got to go through God. I can kind of do things on my own. And a lot of times we're thinking if I, I could just do things on my own. I can make it. I can find a way to do it on my own. I don't need the intervention of God. I don't need the touch of God. I can make it by myself. And we got that pioneer spirit. Amen. That we can just do it by ourselves. But alas, we still need God. We still need God. The book of Acts chapter 5 and verse number 30. Amen. Alludes to the second tree that I want to talk to you today about. Amen. This says the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Amen. That second tree that we're talking about today is that old rugged cross. Amen. That second tree that we can make the comparison to today is that old rugged cross. Amen. Also to further validate what I'm talking about today, it's found in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and 21. And it says, For even hereunto were ye called, 
because Christ also suffered for us. Amen. On that second tree. Amen. Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. Amen. I'm talking about the tale of two trees today. And I would like to, just for the next few moments, make a few comparisons about the tale of two trees. Or those two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that old rugged cross. That tree that Jesus Christ died upon according to the book of Acts. And First Peter, amen, his, his account, amen, the, the apostle Peter. Amen, the first tree, amen, as we know from studying the Bible, was pleasant to the eyes. Amen, Eve looked upon that tree and she thought, that's a beautiful looking tree. If I can just partake of that tree, amen, my life will be changed. I'll be different. I'll be as God. I'll know right from wrong. I'll know good from evil. Amen. Meanwhile, the second tree was a hideous and repulsive tree. The second tree was such, amen, that you did not want to look upon it. In fact, they, those people that were there that day on Calvary's Hill probably looked away and put their hand, I can't look at that no more. I just can't look at that tree. That's a repulsive and hideous tree. That's a tree that repels me. Amen. That's a tree, amen, that's not pleasant to look at. Amen. There are direct differences between the first tree and the second tree, amen, that took place where Jesus bled and died upon. I'm talking to you today about, amen, a tale of two trees. Amen. It was God that forbade the man. God forbade the first man and woman to eat of the first tree. God spoke to Adam. And through Adam, he told his wife, Eve, you're not to touch of that tree. You're not to partake of this first tree. Yeah, I want you to know, Adam, this is not a tree I want you to partake of. This is not a tree I want you to indulge in, Adam. You can have your choice of any of the trees of this garden, but you can't touch this. Amen. God began to forbade Adam, do not touch that tree. Do not eat of that tree. And I would tell you, amen, that the second tree, amen, the tree that represents the cross of Calvary, Amen. There's an opposite reaction, an opposite to command from the Lord. And the command of the Lord is that everybody partake of that tree. Everybody indulge in the cross of Calvary. Everyone come to the cross of Calvary. Everyone find their way, amen, to that old tree, that old rugged cross and say, God, I want to partake, Lord, of that old rugged cross. I want to, I want to partake of it. I want to attach myself, Lord, to that place of crucifixion, that place of suffering, that place of self-denial, that place of repentance, God. Uh, God. God invites everyone here tonight, everyone here this morning, amen, to partake of that second tree. And isn't it interesting, amen, that on the first tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that Satan used every tactic possible, Every, every tactic imaginable, amen, to try to get Adam and Eve to partake of that tree. In direct opposition to the word of God, amen, Satan used that serpent to try to get Adam and Eve. However it was possible, with doubt, with lying, amen, with unbelief, amen, you've got to try that tree, Eve. You've got to try that tree, Adam. Amen, that's the tree you want to try. I don't care what God said, you've got to try it. How will you know? How will you know you've got to try it? Amen. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, as it pertains to that second tree, amen, that cross of Calvary, 
The devil has the opposite reaction today. He's trying to get every single one of us on this Sunday morning to say, don't go there. Don't try that tree. Amen. Stay away from that one. Whatever you do. Amen. You can indulge in this. You can indulge in fornication, immorality. You can indulge in idolatry. You can indulge you can you can indulge in this and in that, but whatever you do, don't go near that tree. That's a tree that you don't want to you don't want to go to it because it possibly could change your life. Yeah. And I would tell you today, Amen. That Amen. There is direct opposites. Amen. There there was that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. The Garden of Eden that Satan tried to get them to resist. He tried to get them to partake of rather. Amen. But when there came another tree out of the ground, amen, the cross of Calvary, amen, and Jesus bled and died on the cross, amen, he took our place, amen, he took the pawn in the form of the servant, he became obedient to death, amen, I will tell you today that the cross of Calvary is to a tree that you want to partake of today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, it was that first tree. Amen. As we continue to make, amen, the connection to our lives. It was that first tree that brought about sin and death and destruction. The first tree. Adam and Eve thought, well, what could it hurt if I just have a little bit of fun? What could it hurt if I just, you know, no one's watching. Adam's not here. Who cares what the old man thinks? Maybe she got disrespectful. I'm going to just have a little fun. And it brought about it brought about sin. And what follows sin is always death. It brought about, amen, unintended consequences. Amen. I doubt Eve probably thought that, well, if I if I if I just partake of the fruit of this tree, amen, I'm gonna begin to have the eight-hour amen birthing session where I'm gonna scream and it's gonna be terrible. And all the moms are probably thinking back to when they were giving birth and and they probably still look at uh, uh, particular children, their family think, well, that one caused me a lot of pain, man. That one there was 12 hours. God help us. Uh, and that first tree brought about sin and death, but the second tree on the opposite side of the spectrum, amen, is still bringing life and salvation to all who find their way to the cross. For all who find their way to the cross of Calvary, God is still removing the curse of sin and death, and God is giving hope, and God is giving life, and God is giving a second chance for those that say, Amen, I, we may have messed up a long time ago, humanity may have made their share of mistakes, but for me and my house, I'm going to find my way to the cross of Calvary, and I'm going to say, God, I want you to take away the sin, and the death, and the darkness in my life,
Boy, I wish we would have done things a little bit differently, boy. I wish I would have been a little bit more strong. I wish I would have remembered the word of the Lord and I would have applied that to my life. And they probably live with that guilt and that shame and that regret for many years, for hundreds of years as they looked and they saw, amen, they saw their, their child Seth be born and then more children be born. And every time that Eve bore a child in pain, she thought, man, I wish I would have done that differently. Amen. Her life was filled with shame and no doubt and regret. Amen. But in spite of all that, I, I believe that Eve looked forward and she said, but there was a word of God in my life that one day my seed's going to crush his head and it's going to bruise my heel. And she began to look forward. Amen. To when God would enroll himself in flesh and would redeem them from their sin. And that cloud of guilt and that cloud of shame would be lifted off their shoulders. And they could be liberated again. And they could experience that intimacy and relationship with God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. That second tree that we call the cross, amen, brought life and salvation. Amen. To, to all that found their way. Amen. To repentance. To all that found their way to the feet of Jesus. And it's still happening here in 2017. God's still doing it here in Abundant Life Center. On this Sunday morning, God's still saying, hey, there's a tree you can come near. There's a tree you can attach yourself to. You can partake of the fruit of that tree. And I will tell you, there's no shame and there's no regret. Amen. But on the contrary, there's healing. There's, there's hope. There's salvation. Amen. There's redemption in that second tree. Hallelujah. It was the first tree that caused Adam and Eve to be pushed out of the garden. You might remember the, the scripture that talks about how God sent an angel over the, over the garden with the flaming sword of fire. Amen. And repelling Adam and Eve. And it literally pushed him out of paradise. It pushed him out of the promises of God. Amen. God amen, could not tolerate the sin. God could not tolerate the sin. Amen. That was a perfect environment in mankind. Was pushed outside of paradise. But I would tell you on this Sunday morning that it's still the will of God. Amen. That you live. Amen. In a place. Amen. That God has prepared for you. God prepared the garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. Amen. And I would tell you today. Amen. That just like the tree, the first tree pushed them out of paradise. It was the second tree that allowed the thief on the cross. Amen. To enter into paradise. Amen. When you find your way to the cross of Calvary, there's a redemption that takes place. There's a reconciliation that takes place. And God has great things in store for those. Amen. That would approach the cross of Calvary today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God did that work on Calvary. Hallelujah. 
for you and me. Amen. You're not exempt from the plan that God has for humanity. But it's the will of God that we be reconciled. And God restore us to that rightful place where God designed us and created us to be. Amen. The place of God's presence. Amen. In his presence, someone once said, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's treasures forevermore. It's in that place that God has prepared for us that we discover this is what God intended. This is the way that God intended for me to live. God didn't intend for me to live with all this hurt and regret and shame. Amen. But God intended you, amen, to go down the waters of baptism and wash away all that sin. God intends you to find your way to, a, to an old-fashioned altar at the cross and repent of your sins and say, God, I, I want you to take away my sins. I want you to bear this uh, on your shoulders, God. I, I don't want to bear this on my shoulders no more, God. The burden, the weight of this sin is too heavy, God. God, I've got to find my way to the cross again and have you take this load off my shoulders. Hallelujah. I don't know who you are today, but perhaps you walked into this place of worship with a heavy burden on your shoulders, thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this weight on my back. And I would tell you today, it's at the cross of Calvary that you lay it down and say, God, it's yours. Take this load of sin off my shoulders. Take this hurt. Take this pain. Take this regret. Take it all away. Uh, hallelujah. hallelujah, hallelujah. Both trees yes. that we're talking about today are actually trees of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Both trees are actually trees of knowledge of good and evil. We think we know what we're doing sometimes. We're going to do things our way. God, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to wait around for that cross to come in my life. I'm going to make it happen myself, on my own, in my timing. And I'll force it and I'll push it through. Adam and Eve trying to push things. Trying to make things happen their own way, in their own time. And not allowing God to have his way in their lives. Both trees are the knowledge of good and evil. God's not keeping you from anything today, folks. God's setting you up. He's preparing you. For something greater than you realize. Amen. He had in store for you. Amen. Both trees are the trees of the knowledge of good and evil. It's at the cross. That we see the goodness of God incarnate. It's at the cross that we look. And we see that is the goodness of the Lord. Make flesh for my life. It's at the cross. Amen. That there we behold the holiness of God. There we discover unfathomable, unfathomable love and matchless grace unveiled as never before since. Amen. It's there that we see the matchless love and grace of God. It's there that we have that knowledge of who God is. Amen. That He's a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. It's, it, it's at the cross that we realize Amen. Truly, this was the Son of God. It's at the cross that we see that God, yes, He would go to the ends of the world to make my life better. It's at the cross that we see, wow, God said He loved me, that He would die for me. He really meant it. He really meant it. Amen. The knowledge of this second tree makes one wise 
unto salvation, as the Bible alludes to. Makes one wise unto salvation. But there too, amen, just like the tree of the knowledge of good, it's also the tree of the knowledge of evil. Because it's at the cross that we also see evil in all its native hideousness. There we witness the consummation and the climax of humanity's wickedness. There we behold as nowhere else the vileness, the heinousness, and the awfulness of sin. There we see God naked on the cross. Ashamed. We see people tortured into death. We see the evil that man is capable of. We realize we need God. How could somebody do that to an innocent man? How is it that somebody, amen, that a whole mob of people, that a whole a country of people, amen, could, could try an innocent man and not find any, any evidence, amen, to indicate his guilt and yet still shout out, crucify him, amen, take him to the cross, crucify him, give us Barabbas, give us that old man of sin, give us that vile man, give us that, that vile sinner and just crucify this innocent man. We see the vileness and we see, amen, the, the evilness of humanity in all of its glory. In all that it's worth. It is truly a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God here this morning is inviting everyone to partake of the cross. That old rugged cross. I don't know, perhaps we don't hear the preach of the cross enough anymore. Perhaps we can't remember the last time we heard the preaching on the cross. But I would tell you today, it's still the cross, amen, that can save. It's still the cross that can heal. It's still the cross, amen, that can cause you to fall to your knees and say, God, I repent of my sins. I'm giving you control today. I'm dying to this flesh on the cross of crucifixion, God. God, it's a tale of two trees that I'm preaching about today. Amen. God wants everyone in this house today, amen, to identify again with the cross of Calvary and say, God, I've got to be crucified with Christ. We're not preaching. You find yourself a four by four wooden beam and, and nail yourself to it or find a neighbor and nail yourself to it. We're not talking about the crucifixion of your flesh. We're talking about the crucifixion of your, your natural man. That sinful nature, that it has, it has to be crucified again to that cross, it has to be repentance, it has to be, God, I submit myself to the will of God. I submit myself to the will of God. The first tree was good for food for the natural man. Eve looked at it and said, that tree looks like that's good for food. That will help take care of my physical being. That food on that tree will help take care of my, my appetites, my, my hunger, amen, the, the desires of my flesh, amen. But if the second tree was good and is good for food for the soul, amen, there we see all our sins covered by His blood. There we see our old man crucified and a new beginning. There we see the ground upon which a holy God can be the guilty sinner. That's what I call soul food. That's the real soul food. Where I can find my way to a cross and say, God, feed my hungry soul. 
God, I'm no good. I'm nothing without you, God. You've got to help me. I need you, God. How many remember that story in the Bible? That man that stood at the altar and just beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. I need you, God. I need you, God. I need the cross of Calvary in my life. I need the cross in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. The first tree is directly linked to a curse. We read it in the book of Genesis, all the curses that God put upon humanity. God cursed the serpent and said, you're going to slither on your belly. You're going to eat of the dust of the earth. Then God turned to Eve and God cursed Eve and said, Eve, you're going to bear children in labor. And it's not going to be fun. And you're going to remember the original sin, Eve. And then God looked to, to Adam and he said, Adam, you're cursed. Amen. You're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. And nothing's going to come easy, Adam. You're going to have to work for it. Amen. I intended it to be a lot easier than that, Adam. But because of your sin, I'm putting a curse upon mankind. And then God continued and God looked at the ground. And God said, curse is the ground. Thorns and thistles are going to come up. And man, you're going to have to work that ground. You're going to have to work it and it's going to work against you. And you have to work against it. And the curse was there because of the first tree. But the second tree, according to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. I would tell you today that it's at the cross that Jesus steps into, amen, as a substitute for your life. And God says, I'm going to take the place of my brother Cedric Strickland, and I'm going to stand right here, and they're going to nail me to this cross. And I'm going to do it all for him. I'm going to become the curse. I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm taking the sin of the brother Paul Camarena from all those years. Amen. I'm going to put it on my shoulders. I'm going to take his place. And no longer is he going to be cursed. Because I'm going to get right in front of him. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be that curse. You can't touch him. I'm taking his place. That's what happens at the cross. God says right in front says, no, he's not cursed no more. No, you can't touch him. No, you can't get to him. I'm standing right here. I'm the curse for him. I'm the substitute for his sin. I'm standing in the gap. And God wants to stand in the gap for somebody on this Sunday morning. God wants to stand in the gap. But what you've got to do is you've got to run. You've got to approach the cross. And you've got to say, God, I want to identify the cross today. I want to identify with the cross. Amen. And how do I identify with the cross? Is it is the act of repentance. It's an act of repentance. It's not saying sorry. It's not apologizing. It's saying, God, I am repenting. I am turning about face. And I'm going a different direction. I'm going a new way, God. That's identification with the cross. That's taking a part of the fruit of the second tree. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The sinful shadow of the first tree stretches over all of humanity. While the second tree provides cover and rest for all 
who come under its power. Amen. All of humanity today that exists outside of a relationship with God exists under that curse. The shadow of Adam and Eve's original sin hovers over their lives. But when you find your way to a cross, amen, that cross provides the shelter and the rest for the weary soul. It's still the cross, Miss Regina. It's still the cross that makes a difference. As the musicians come, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I wonder if we could stand to our feet for a few moments as at the close of this service. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a tale of two trees. The one tree in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the second tree, the cross, that makes a difference. So the cross, we can try to distance ourselves from the preacher of the cross. I think that's a, that's a hard subject, Pastor. It's a hard subject. I don't want to hear about the cross. I don't want to hear about something so bitter. I don't want to hear about something so gory, something so ugly. Don't remind me of that cross. I don't want to hear about the cross. And it's just like the devil. That first tree, everything he could for man and woman to partake of it. And the second tree, you're probably experiencing it right now, is the work of the devil. Saying, don't go. Don't identify with that cross. You're tired. Your children are screaming. You got bills to be paid. You got other things to worry about. Today's not a good day. Tomorrow looks a little bit better. The weather's going to be better tomorrow. Next year you're going to raise. You can afford to live for God. You're not looking too good. You got the old clothes on. Maybe when you dressed up a little bit better. Maybe this and all these different things. The devil just says, don't go. Don't go. Don't go to that cross. Don't go to that second tree. Because he knows that that truly is a tree that brings change. That brings life. At the close of this today. Hallelujah. There is a story in the Bible. In the book of Exodus. Chapter 15. That I want to bring this to a close today. Exodus chapter number 15 and verse 23. And when they came to Marah. They could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but there there comes a time in my life where I've got to cry to the Lord. And I've got to say, God, I don't like the hand I've been dealt today. I don't like the things I'm facing today, God. I don't like the things I'm dealing with today. Amen. You've got to cry unto the Lord. You've got to lift your voice and say, God, help me today. The Bible says that he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. 
which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. God made the bitter waters sweet for Moses when he cried unto the Lord. And there's that reference to that tree. And it's at the cross of Calvary that your life, from whatever you deal with on a regular basis, whatever regrets, whatever struggles, whatever things you have in your life, it's that second tree that will make sweet the waters of bitterness in your life. Perhaps there's some thing you remember years ago that you like to forget. You like to think, I wish I, don't, I would have done that. I wish that my life would be different right now. I wish my life were sweeter. I wish my life were better. I wish my life were easier. I would tell you today, it's with the second tree, the cross of Calvary, that God can make the difference for your life. That tree typifies the cross of Christ and the Christ of the cross. And it was our blessed Lord who by going down into the place of death, Sweeten the bitter waters for us today. And furthermore, it is only as the believer applies practically the principle of the cross to his and to her daily lives that the maras of our wilderness experiences are transmuted into waters that are made sweet. He did it for you. And he wants to do it again today for someone else. He did it for me, amen, as an 11, 12-year-old boy found my way to the cross of Calvary and reached out to God and said, God, I repent of my sins, God. I want to be crucified with Christ. I want to lay my burdens at your feet. And my life has never been the same again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands to God right now all across this house. As we close, I want us to just for a few moments talk with God right now. Come on, I want every eye closed. I want every hand lifted if you can. And why don't you talk with God right now for a few moments.
Come on. 
One more time, why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and give the Lord praise here today. Hallelujah. Let's thank Him for what He's done here this morning.